0: (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to, well, Wrestling with COVID, as we discuss not only wrestling news related with COVID, but also events and adventures, I guess you could call it, that are going on in our lives. Uh, I'm Bill, joined with Jim, Boystar, and Josiah, and uh, last time we came back together for, well, we were all kind of grumpy about it, but maybe things have gotten better since last time. Well, mm. we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll go first. Cause I don't have that much. Obviously I'm in the tri-state area and the New York city has put in the keys to NYC in place. But unfortunately I haven't really been able to go out. Like I've wanted to, to experience this. So I don't really know how well, they're enforcing it and how, or or if they're not really enforcing it, I can tell you the biggest story that I'm aware of is supposedly at a restaurant. There was, um, someone that was asked to put their mask on from Texas, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that got into a big argument and a fight. However, Since then, now new information might be coming out that a racial slur might have been said. So it's still under investigation if, you know, if it was a fight over mask wearing or if there was a racial slur that caused the argument. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Probably both. (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But either way, I don't want to I'm not going to go too in depth because I think that's currently an investigation. Um but mostly I called this Wrestling With COVID episode for Josiah, who said he had a lot going on. Um, Bill, we'll get to you after him right. to talk about your return to work in the school system
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, down in Maryland. So Josiah, you had an election up there in Canada. Tell us about it and tell me the main reason why you you had messaged me saying, oh, there's a lot going on up here and that was last week, though, before the election.
2: Yes. So, um, if you remember in the last episode, we talked about how we were removing restrictions in my province, yes, and opening it up to the rest of the Canada while we were only like sixty-five percent fully vaccinated in our in our province, and how the other Atlantic provinces were not really comfortable with us doing that in our my province. And how they were sending kids back to school without uh, mask requirements and all this kind of stuff where they can't be protected right now because they can't be vaccinated. And and I said, I have a fear this is all going to backfire. Well, it did. Exactly as I and many other people predict it. Um, it started like a slow trickle of cases every few days. It was like 22 cases announced here and there. Uh, on the 10th of September, we had 24 new cases announced, making our active cases up to 136. And then uh, we had, let me see, on the day after, or uh, t- uh, three days later, so this is over three days, they announced 122 new cases, uh, making it 120, uh, 229 cases. And then each day from that point, there has not been less than 30 cases a day uh with us hitting a maximum of 77 a few days ago. there was 63 there, 51 uh, and then over one of those days they announced 52 and then the then they announced 199 new cases uh, uh, over uh, like a two day two to three day period. So we're seeing a massive increase in cases and now we have like something like, 500 600 active cases in our province which i know it it sounds small compared to the rest of the world but for us that's a big deal Mm -hmm. um and because we are a smaller city it cases like that or smaller province i should say it's all across the province but mostly in my city and the there's the Moncton region and the Fredericton region those are the two biggest ones then saint john is probably third that is the three big cities in the province um and anyways, uh, on the 10th, they were like, when they started announcing this, uh, by the time we got that, uh, sorry, on the 13th, they announced, okay, we're going to have to take some strict regulations here because it's clear the Delta variant is in our province now. They're all Delta cases. Uh, so it took a while to arrive here, but it's arrived. Uh, we've seen a massive increase of infections in children. Uh, We have had more people hospitalized. Um, It's still fine, but we've had a lot of people hospitalized. Um, And we've had one death, uh, which I know sounds, again, low because it's one death. But our government decided that was unacceptable. And they decided it was time to completely change how they're approaching this. And they have mandated a vaccine passport that starts tomorrow. So you can access... Uh you cannot access non-essential services without proof of double vaccination now um, and for the duration of the pandemic. When that whenever the pandemic ends, the restrictions end. But um, and masks are now mandatory in all public spaces as well. Uh, so we have masking and mandatory vaccination for these things. Uh, there has been a bit of an uproar from the crazy COVID conspiracy theorists who think it's just a measure of government control, just like they're the same crazy, crazy smallpox conspiracy theorists from uh, 100 years ago. Um, it's the exact same thing. Um, and uh, my church, even though they, they were not required to do so, are now requiring proof of double vaccination, which is funny because I... I was asked to preach a sermon uh, last Sunday, and I was preaching about how we should comply to this because this is not a, an issue of religious freedom or anything like that. It's like, uh, you know, it's just a government mandate to keep people healthy and we should comply. And uh, the pastor announced without knowing what I was preaching that we would be requiring proof of double vaccination. So we ended up working together accidentally. for our message (laughs) Uh, that happens all the time with me and him which is really funny but um, anyways uh, this has proven there are a lot of people who thought this was going to be like oh this going to be an uproar we're going to have the MAGA light people show up because we have uh, a small undercurrent of that in Canada and we thought it was going to be reflected in the election with people being angry about it Um, but uh, our province is one of the one of the ones that did that. Um, one of the provinces who it's it's basically the south of Canada, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. The it's like it's like the Texas of Canada. It's Alberta, and um, the premier came out and apologized for removing COVID restrictions, and he instituted a vaccine passport as well because the COVID cases are actually insane there. Uh, comparable to some American places as well. Um, and given the smaller population, again, of most cities in Canada than you would get in the US, that's saying something. Um, but he actually apologized. He said, I was wrong about COVID. We're going to take this seriously from now on. Okay, well, that's,
1: that's uh, good. I mean, I'm certainly not holding my breath for Texas and Florida in regards to that over uh, here. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the kind of same uh, with California, too. Is it, yeah. I thought California – I don't know. I guess I'm not in tune with California. I thought they were not as bad as those two. Uh,
2: I, th- I think California, it's uh, certain counties yeah. that are like that versus yeah. the the state as a whole is actually pretty good, but certain counties are r- really crazy. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was very impressed, and we have a conservative government in my province as well, and they announced that. So I was impressed they – change direction because they were indicating they weren't going to do this kind of thing and they saw some kids in the hospital and they thought well we were wrong this is affecting children more than we realized and we need to take this seriously and they actually put the lives of the kids first which um
1: actually we're not gonna trust me what's that we're not gonna do that
2: yeah unfortunately Yeah,
1: because uh, i mean and for anyone that thinks oh no maybe we will um we already have a problem with our schools it's called school shootings yeah and nothing's really being done about that so why would i expect anything to be done about the children at this point yeah. for something else uh
2: it's something i said online and 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 uh in person to many people before but the measure of a society is how we take care of our most vulnerable and our most vulnerable are definitely children. And many societies are really bad at taking care of them. Yeah. And uh I was very impressed that they finally put them first. They didn't at first here, but they did. And it was it scared them. They they saw little kids getting sick and it scared them.
1: Well and, to be fair, this uh, and to them, I'll I'll say this much. We, there is that early and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on when this might have changed, but the early indication of this virus was that it wasn't affecting children. So their thing was probably like, well, it's not affecting them anyway, so we should be fine. But then, like you said, they, the children started getting affected, and now they're like, whoa, okay, yeah, we're wrong. It's a different variant. Now we got to do something.
2: And, and it's not just that. Even with the standard variant, some kids are having trouble long-term with breathing, brain fog, physical symptoms for months after having the virus as well. So even though it wasn't fatal to them, uh, uh, it was still caused a lot of damage. And I think they're starting to consider that now, especially since the Delta variant makes it more obvious that it's happening. Right. And and um, I am very glad that we're taking that seriously, that we're mandating vaccine passports. The people who are angry about it are a very vocal, tiny minority.
1: 100 uh, percent, yeah. I agree with that.
2: Uh, um, and I am very proud of my government for standing up to them and calling them what they are, which is selfish, and they have no understanding of the science, and they think it's all fake in a conspiracy, and they're wrong. They're simply wrong. Um, I know. I know people who've had this. I know people right now who are quarantining because their kids came into contact with someone at right. school, uh, and and like. So it's it's personal for me beyond that beyond like like I knew you had it for example um yeah. Jim and and like so really from early on in this this has been a personal thing for me because mm-hmm. I've had friends who had it but now I have my friends kids in danger mm-hmm. and and um that makes me angry
1: See yeah I, I don't understand what I don't know how Canada is but and I've discussed this on this series before the United States obsession of Kids got to be in the classroom. Yep. We spent, so I, I don't know I've said this before, but we spent, first of all, let me just say, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. So in some ways I, you know, I, like I, I have a less, less of a horse in regards to in the whole, oh, the children's safety. What I'm looking at also as is how much money did we spend because people were obsessed with. You got to have the kids in the schools because we would open the schools, then close them then open them and close them. It's ridiculous. And I don't, it's kind of like that where the, there were people obsessed with, we got to have the kids in school. It doesn't matter if you can do it at home.
2: It depends on the, uh, the province and which party is in control. The, uh, the conservatives tend to be more, we got to have them in school. The liberals tend to be a bit more moderate where they're kind of willing to work both ways. Uh, and the the further left from that is like, no, we should probably have kids at home until we can vaccinate them and make sure they're safe.
1: Which, is, uh, real quick, I'd like to bring that up because that is a topic is, I believe, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong here, if you even know, okay. that we are about to get approval, if not already mm-hmm. here in the States for Pfizer, for ages 5 to 12. And
0: Yeah, that is correct. And
1: it's and not approved ha- yet, though. It's, go- it's going to. It's not right. approved, right? Yeah, right. Okay.
2: It has actually been approved in Canada, but we're not doing it yet. We're waiting to uh, get final approval, should I say. Okay. Uh, initial, initial steps have been taken, so it's probably going to be approved around the same time as the U.S. for that here, and that
1: is... No, go ahead. I, I just want to throw this out there real quick, because... I always joke with Bill how sometimes I'll make these scheduled recordings and look, the next day things are already old news. Mm -hmm. This is very much a case for this episode because I believe right now and in definitely tomorrow and maybe in additional days afterwards, the United Nations are meeting in New York. So who knows tomorrow, by the time this is even posted, that news doesn't come out that hey, we're going to start these children's vaccinations on Monday. So I just want people to be mindful that this is being recorded on September 21st at 7.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I just want to throw it out there because I was like, oh, this is all going to be outdated, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, a lot of things are happening really quickly, right? So. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm actually looking at the active cases right now in my province as well. Uh, we now have over 500 active cases. 65 new cases announced today. This is probably going to continue uh, for a few weeks because it always this always late. Like it's like two weeks behind, you know, with yeah. the announcements. Uh, so we're probably going to be hitting close to a thousand within the next month, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the highest we've ever had. We had 77 cases in one day, which was the government got very angry when that was announced. And, and most of the cases are in unvaccinated people. Right,
1: uh, that's
2: it's, the it's, it's, it's like uh, between 80 and 92% of what cases are unvaccinated people. And the rest are one dose or uh, breakthrough cases with two doses, which are exceedingly rare. Uh, and the deaths are unvaccinated. The hospitalized are unvaccinated. And it's just we have 24 people in our I- ICU across the province. We have three major hospitals in the province, maybe four. There's two in my city. Uh, and so we probably have enough for 100 uh like icu covid beds Mm -hmm. i think we but i think for ventilators we only have 50 ventilators in the province as a whole so we're getting close to that number of someone's in icu we have 15 in icu 24 in hospital and the ones in icu will be ventilated so um that's like it doesn't sound like a lot compared to elsewhere but when you think well we only have 50 ventilators 15 people on ventilator is um that's a high number and, and it's going to keep going up likely over the next few days. Right. And uh, we're going to start seeing our system really pressured and we're seeing um, protests from the, the far right group, the people's party of Canada. Um, They're, they're basically uh, make America great light. Um, (laughs) And, and they, they, There is one satisfactory thing when I talk about the election. I'll explain why that's satisfactory uh, about what happened with them. But um, they're a very vocal minority and they're very active in my province. But even then, they they did not secure a single seat in the election, which makes me happy. But um, they they've been kind of threatening violence against nurses and doctors. And it's like these people are trying to save your life when you're in the ICU. Yeah. Because you're the ones that are in the ICU. <laughs> and and uh, it's like you're, you're threatening violence and you're blocking people from getting into the hospital. There's cancer patients who can't get their chemo. It's just, it's really upsetting.
1: Um, yeah. I, I always, I'm definitely willing to feel that I've said, like, yeah, you know what? If there's a shortage in the hospitals of you know, vaccinated, unvaccinated people, put the unvaccinated people on the back of the line. Mm-hmm. They chose to get unvaccinated. You know, do you remember, Bill would know this, I don't know if this is a thing that you're aware of for some reason, just not. Did you ever hear of the crate challenge?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay. And Bill, you know the crate challenge, yes. right? I was just asking someone in work, because one doctor was like, guys, we're asking you not to do uh, the Well, I first should – can you explain to people what the crate challenge is first before I continue? Okay, so what the
0: crate challenge is was I, – because I don't know if it's still popular or not – is mm-hmm. you had like a, a small pyramid of crates set up, and you had to walk up the crates, get to the top, and then go and walk down the crates. Like basically – right. Try to do it without falling on your ass.
1: Mm-hmm. And most people fell on their ass because exactly. that's really hard to do, actually. Well, one one of the people that I read about was saying, like, please stop doing the Cray Challenge because our ho- hospitals are already, you know, really has a lot of patients in it. And I'm like, and I was like, just kick the unvaccinated people out then. They chose not to get the vaccine. like." I, I mean, like, if there's... Help the people that really need it, but if it's a choice between the crate challenge people and the unvaccinated people that chose to be unvaccinated, guess what? Help the crate challenge people. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where I'm at now.
2: Yeah, it, I, I totally get that sentiment, but uh, it's one of those things where doctors promise to treat anyone who comes through their door. Not, yeah. Uh, and and uh, it's kind of an, an ethical conundrum for them.
1: But, and, then, uh, I, and then someone, the person works with, like... They're like, no, oh, that's stupid because, uh, I mean, the Crate Challenge people are just stupid. They shouldn't have done that. I'm like, yeah, but here's the difference. The Crate Challenge people didn't hurt anyone but themselves. The unvaccinated people are hurting other people mm-hmm. at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they're spreading So that's why Crate
1: Challenge people be- should take a be- bigger priority than unvaccinated people that chose to be unvaccinated. And I stand at, by
2: at- The worst part about it is that they're giving this stupid thing a chance to
1: mutate. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
2: Uh, And like they're like, oh, we'll just have natural immunity. Well, yeah, but the more it infects people, the more chances it has to uh, uh, to mutate and infect more. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to cut it off. That's why you want to have as many people vaccinated as possible. I mean, that's
1: why we got this Delta variant because of it mutated into something else.
2: Yeah, right. Right. And uh, so one of the things going on here too. With all that, there are people arguing for those things Um, and they're arguing these vaccine passports are a new thing. Uh, And and no, they're not at all. We've had vaccine requirements for school, for all these things forever, for travel. Uh, Like there are certain Asian countries you can't uh, or other countries anyways that you can't travel to unless you're vaccinated against yellow fever.
1: That's like I'll you, tell you right now. That's Bolivia. I've been checking because I've been trying to go down the. That's where I was up, born, Bolivia. and and, yeah. and I have looked. At the, right now, I can't go down there because they have a ten-day quarantine. And um, but yeah, they have yellow fever, and I had to ask my doctor. I'm like, I don't even know where I'm supposed to get a shot for this. And he's like, Well, when you're ready to go, you know, feel free to give us a call, and we'll tell you there's a place in and they name like two cities that are around where I am. So yeah. yeah. This thing exists. Yep. They exist in other places. Mm-hmm. And
2: and historically, uh, I did some research and I found a Time Magazine article and it was from the 1800s. Um, and they did this for smallpox. Um, on trains, there was a doctor. He would walk around and to ask every passenger if they were vaccinated or not. And if they weren't, Or if they couldn't provide proof of vaccination, like with documents, he'd look for the scar on their arm for it. And if they didn't have the distinctive scar, he'd vaccinate them on the spot or kick them off the train. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, there were people who were not allowed access to public services that were not allowed to vote without having the smallpox vaccine. Mm -hmm. And and the same thing happened with polio. I was talking to an old man in my church. He's in his uh, 70s. Uh, and he's a very good friend of mine and we were talking after the service and he mentioned the polio vaccine and how he was signed up for it right away by his mother when it, when it came out Mm -hmm. and how they had to show people the polio vaccination to go to school and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and he, he was, he was baffled by, uh, it's really, it's mostly baby boomers, baby boomers and, uh, naive millennials who are refusing to get vaccinated and he's showing this like he's completely bad. Like we've had a hundred years of medical science or more researched into vaccines. Why aren't we embracing this? This is easiest thing in the world to embrace. And the funny thing is, is that parents were sending their kids willingly for the polio vaccine because they knew how horrible polio was. And, but the truth is the COVID vaccines way safer than the polio one. Mm-hmm. And it's way safer than the smallpox one was because we have over a hundred years of research done
1: into vaccines since then.
2: Right. It's not and, like this all came about out of nowhere.
1: And you know, the other weird thing I find is that, because obviously a lot of the media or whatnot, and even just people in general, will, or, you know, they're like, yeah, it's mostly um, Trump people. And I'm not saying that that's not true or not. But what I am saying is, I heard myself Trump actually say, get the vaccine. Yep. Oh, yeah, I he could did. Tell, I could tell you exactly when it was, too, because I watched one of his rallies. I Whenever WWE SummerSlam was, because I could not watch that show. And I was like, what else is on? Oh, Trump stuff. And I mean, this is a and something for an episode, for a whole episode in itself, but... Definitely saw similarities of Trump people and WWE fans that I Mm -hmm. noticed. But in that speech, he says, and I'm not saying he says it for a long, you know, for more than like one or two sentences, but he he says it. So I don't understand that aspect of. And like I said, whatever day WWE SummerSlam was, look, I think he was in Alabama. I'm not really that sure. I
2: right. I know exactly what you're talking about. The crowd booed him. Yeah, he he said the that. crowd booed
1: him. Right? Yeah. So uh, that that is and that's how I know that he actually said I was like, OK, so the Trump people, why are you still not taking it that if you're supposed to be following him?
2: It, it doesn't help that they have the senators who support Trump saying don't get vaccinated because it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, and and congressmen like uh the Abbott and DeSantis. Uh, right. No, I,
1: I agree with I agree with that, but at the same time, like if I'm brainwashed by someone, I don't think I'm listening to anyone but that one person. That person,
2: yeah. So it was really weird. Uh, but then they go on Fox News and they have Tucker Carlson who is their prophet, I guess, uh, a prophet of their cult, uh, talking about how it's all a conspiracy and horse paste is gonna save you and all this kind of stuff. And it's like it's just so baffling to me. Um and then that's actually a good uh transitional point into the election in Canada.
1: Yes. Uh, I wanna know how my how the block the Bloc did for yeah. my favorite Canadian party, I guess.
2: The the Quebec separatists. <laughs> the, bloc the Bloc did block. The block
1: the Bloc. Right? The bloc, the bloc. All right, so yeah. why don't you tell us a little about the election, because I do want to get to Bill and get on these wrestling topics as well.
2: Yes, yeah, so this will be a quick, pretty quick. The election, um, everyone felt it was pointless for the liberals to try to call it. They they have a minority government, which means they do not have the majority of seats in parliament. You have to have 170 seats to be a majority in parliament. Right. And uh, they they were had a minority government previously, and they decided— because their performance has been relatively good during the pandemic, they were going to try to call an election early instead of once every four years, because, um, you can do that if you're in a minority government. Um, if, if you feel like parliament cannot work together, you need, you need a majority of parliament to agree on something to work together. Um, and if they cannot work together, the, if in a minority government, the, Governor-General dissolves Parliament at the request of the Prime Minister, and then an election is called. That's basically how that works. Um, The Liberals were saying, we can't work with the Conservatives and the NDP, so we want uh, an election called. And... Rather amusingly, the Conservatives at NDP released statements saying, no, we, we still have faith in Justin Trudeau as prime minister. We're willing to work with him. And Trudeau pushed forward with the election anyways. Uh, this led to what we would consider a, a moderately long campaign in Canada, which is be hilarious uh, for Americans to hear this. It was 36 days long. Um, that's, that's our election campaigns, 36 days um, and that's considered a longer one. <laughs> so our, our, we don't mess around. Our federal elections happen as soon as they're called. You just go right to it. Uh, and we, we don't – we do one English-language debate, one French-language debate, and that's it, and then you go vote. Um, and we keep it simple and all that. But the, So it's very civil. It's very simple to do. Voting is easy. There's no long waits unless uh, – well, there were longer ones and larger cities because of covid restrictions but um a very simple and easy election uh went through and the liberals ended up exactly where they were before so we have another minority government with a conservative opposition exactly the same situation where we were in before the only difference is the ndp gained two seats from where they were and the bloc quebecois Oh, I guess they only gained one. The Bloc Québécois gained two.
1: Hey, that's one more. That, oh, they, they've got two?
2: Uh, well, they gained two from where they were. They have 32 seats right. in,
1: in Parliament. Uh, that's progress.
2: But they only run in Quebec. So they don't run anywhere else in Canada, so there's no chance of them ever winning. They they just run because they feel like they can represent Quebec better in Parliament. Uh and sorry, it's uh, the, two
1: more seats that they have that they didn't have before. That's what matters to me.
2: The the NDP have one more seat than they had, and they have 25. Um, right, can, and- I
1: just it, can I just really quick make it real clear that I have I do not know one policy of the uh, black, the black, black, and so I I just like the name, and so oh, don't, you come, can't at me, don't <laughs> come at me if, if, like, oh, no, they're the worst party because they have the worst beliefs. I couldn't tell you one belief. I just like. Them.
2: Uh, well, they 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 tend to be, um, they're very separatist. They want they want Quebec to be recognized as an individual nation within Canada, okay. and, and and it's uh They're, they're 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 very much so, reviled in the rest of Canada. The rest of Canada does not like them.
1: <laughs> like them? Why you let them go? Uh.
2: Well. I've asked that question, and I've never gotten a solid answer, uh, especially because they're a separatist party. It's like, why are we allowing separatists in our election? It doesn't make any sense. But I feel
1: like – was there someone, Bill – maybe you would know better than me. Was there a state in the United States over the past couple of years that we're trying to separate? I feel like there was. It's
0: Texas. <sighs> yeah, probably Texas. Was it
1: Texas? All right. Maybe it was.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: Uh, and but it would be similar to like um, in the UK where Scotland did a referendum on whether or not they should be independent of the UK. Uh, and there was a referendum in the 90s with Quebec and uh, they they lost uh, the Bloc, the block quebecois lost and uh, Quebec remained a part of Canada. And any time that topic has been broached again, it has been shut down. So the Bloc has kind of moved more more towards just advocating for Quebec affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend – it's weird because um, when I say conservative, it's not the same, especially with the Bloc. It is not the same. They're actually <laughs> a left they're, – they're a, they're a left-leaning party, the Bloc Québécois. But nice. as far as it goes for Quebec affairs, they would be considered conservative um, for for the Quebec people. Uh, meaning that they want to protect uh, protect French tradition and those kinds of things, uh, but they um, but I mean as far as universal health care goes and all that kind of stuff, they support those kinds of things. So uh, they're they I mean every party in Canada supports that except for our MAGA light party. So um, but I, I'll, I'll give you the final numbers.
1: Yes, please. Uh, the, I want to move on to bills. Return to school, basically.
2: The Liberal Party has uh, been elected to Parliament with uh, 158 seats uh, that they are leading in right now. Uh, they have 148 elected, 10 leading, uh, so they're still counting those polls. Uh, the Conservatives actually won the popular vote, but they did not win the number of seats required um, because they won areas that tend to have less seats, and I. hate to put it this way but less educated as well um people are not going to like that but that's just what it is uh and uh, they have 119 seats the bloc quebecois have 34 the ndp have 25 the green party have two and the maga light party has a zero uh they only got 818,000 votes uh compared to the Liberals who got five point two million, the Conservatives got five point four, the Bloc got one point two million, NDP got nearly three million, and the Green Party got nearly four hundred thousand, but they won their seats uh in their areas, so that's what they have too. Uh and so it's very, very nice that our far right group and really it was anti vaxxers voting for them this time because they promoted an anti vaxxer agenda. Um, their, their policies are very racist, mm-hmm. uh, openly, openly racist. Um, and that does not fly well in Canada. And I am very proud that our country soundly rejected them and did not give them one seat. So,
1: <laughs> all right. So Bill, you went back to school, you grabbed your backpack and went back to school. <laughs> yep. I did. All uh, the things in the, in, in school. Okay. In regards to COVID. So,
0: uh, well, I got to begin with the first day. So I am in my class, and about an hour into the school year, I'm called to work in another room for the day. So I want. So remember that for what's going to happen soon. Okay. So, first day goes. Pretty smoothly. You know, no problem. Next... <clears throat> excuse me. Next day, I go in. I talk to my boss. She tells me that the teacher that I'm supposed to be working with has COVID. Okay. And I'm like... Oh. oh, Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. You know. So because she has covid the classroom was locked for 10 days not not 10 school days 10 regular days okay and they had all these different vents and stuff in the classroom to basically kill the germs so rest of the week goes all right then we get to last Monday, and I said this to my family. It was it was my hell day. Oh. And actually, it was more of like the school's hell day. Because we had two or three classes have to close down because kids were either... In contact with someone who had COVID or they might have had symptoms. And it was just a mess. Like it was so bad. Our nurse quit that day. It was.
1: Question. Yeah. Question for you. Now, how do you know that a kid was. Might have been in contact with someone with COVID. Did, does the kid fill out a form? Did the parent fill out a form? Are you called from the from the home? How does that happen? Well, they have
0: to have some kind of you know symptom that think that we think you know might be COVID. Like if they have a cough, if they have like a runny nose. I'm just going by like some of like the lower stuff. Sure. Okay. Or maybe like something like the kid threw up, or the kid has a temperature, they would call the parents, who, well, right now, would, wouldn't would be a nurse, because we don't have a nurse. And they would, you know, say to them, hey, your kid has such and such, you've got to come pick them up. Mm-hmm. So that day, like I said, we must have had two or three classes, like, close, shut down. And I'm texting my sister because she used to work in the same county that I did. And I asked her, you know, how many confirmed cases is there supposed to be for the entire school to shut down?
1: Is there a number?
0: There is. And what she said at, and and this might have changed but sure. at the time it's three confirmed cases and the schools or not 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 all the schools in the county but a specific school has to close yes okay so the principal was talking to somebody from the county like a higher up see what to do um And nothing really came of it because we were in school the rest of that week uh, with not nearly that bad, you know, of numbers or -hmm. not nearly that many cases. So there are kids that, you know, are getting sick. Either it'd be throwing up or they have a temperature, you know... And then Monday, the, this, the Monday we just had, was supposed to have been the day that the teacher that I work with was coming back. And she's fully vaccinated. I just, mm-hmm. just want to put that out there. Fully vaccinated. Still did not feel good. And she was going to get tested maybe today or yesterday to see if you know, she still has it. Okay. And and one of the things is when, like, if, you know, when a class is closed, the students that are sick have to be quarantined, and it gets to a point where they might have to end up doing virtual learning or hybrid Mm -hmm. learning. So it's been kind of a mess in the beginning of the year. I know in another County in Maryland, uh, this was about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago. They had a thousand, um, cases of kids being sick. And, 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 the the whole state is you know mask mandated in the schools you have to wear them mm-hmm. so it's kind of a roller coaster right now because you don't know if the kids are going to get sick if they have any of the symptoms um it, I mean, there are some days where it's better than others, and there are some days like last week where it was just an abomination of a day. It was just a god awful day, and everybody was affected by it.
1: So now, as of this recording on the Tuesday, do does your does your school have a nurse?
0: No. We have
1: <laughs> so I, any plans for getting a nurse, or is
0: I, no, the, we, they're they're just like fucking we? We're not, we're not trying yeah? What what they're doing is, for the time being, is they're getting like substitute nurses. Okay. So while they're looking for a new nurse, we're getting either a substitute.
1: Still nurse, getting somewhere. Else. That's what I was asking. Is there any kind of nurse whatsoever? I guess that's what I was really trying to ask and, yeah. and,
0: and and sometimes we'll use like the nurse from. Uh, the middle school which is a few blocks away to come you know help us for a little bit so Did
1: you have her on loan
0: <laughs> yeah on <online. laughs> yep you got it
1: <laughs> uh wow sounds like a terrible time I'll well, be honest with you. Yeah. Um I get Josiah, do you have any questions for Bill?
2: Not really, uh that uh that pretty much says it all doesn't it?
1: yeah so the and then just i guess one last thing for before we get to the wrestling topics for you is so the teacher that you are supposed to be teaching with who was supposed to come back but didn't come back Mm -hmm. she's getting tested or you're not really that sure you just know she wasn't in
0: she was getting tested she's waiting for the results
1: Oh, I guess it's one of the, like a PCR. That's Mm. the one that takes like three or four days, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there is one that you can take that's like 15 minutes to a half hour long. Obviously it's not as accurate, Accurate. but right. I took, that was the one I, one of the ones I took on, uh, I had to take basically when I got back from Florida because I had worked the next day and I was like, well, I got to know if I'm going to work tomorrow. So give me both of them. Give me the one that's in 15 minutes to a half hour or whatever they say it is right. and then give you that's more accurate for three or four days mm-hmm. because work is not going to let me work from home we've already discussed this on this particular series so i need to know if i'm gonna have to be forced to stay home and tell them that because i'm not taking it voluntarily especially if i feel okay um okay who has the first wrestling topic here because I don't have any topics, to be honest with you. I, only, I, I don't have anything for the show. This was... If I were to say um, this was a more... Josiah said there was lots to say, so let's make a show.
0: Right. I guess I will have the first one, since Josiah had to go somewhere real quick. Uh, okay. Um, Ring of Honor, uh, they recently had their pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor. Um. The attendance... And I'm going to mention the attendance for this purpose it was like 400 plus. Okay. And then they announced that for the remainder of this year, with the, ex- I think with the exception of final battle, they're not going to have fans in attendance for any of the shows. Nice. But the thing is, because I checked the ROH website, they never had you know, like dates scheduled to
1: to run. Right. Right.
0: So basically it's kind of them just being, we're just being cautious. We're not going to run anything. You know, we're not going to have anything with fans pretty much for the rest of the year, except maybe final battle, which isn't until December. And who knows when, you know, who knows when or what, it's going to be like in three months when we do get the final battle. Right.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I, mean, and I'm certainly looking at December as well. We've talked on the last episode, how I have a cruise in December technically, but even I'm not sure how that's going to go, but it's too early for me to actually say, okay, well that looks good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like I'm going to be looking Uh, early November to see, hey, what's going on with this? What are the restrictions? And then if I decide to, I might opt out or I might, you know, continue to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised about that a little bit, I guess, that they're not going to have any fans at all for the rest of the year except for maybe Final Battle. Um, Yeah, Josiah, do you have anything to add for Ring of Honor and them not having any fans for the rest of the year?
2: Uh, Yeah, I... um... I, I have to say it again, and we've said this multiple times throughout the throughout our episodes. But Ring of Honor is often taking the most responsible choice. With uh, in light of COVID, um, they see the cases, and they thought, well, we need to protect our talent, and our staff, and our fans, uh, and we need to make the reasonable choice, even if it's, even if it's going to hurt our momentum. We're making that choice, and. Um,
1: I mean I would argue that they don't have any r- momentum at all.
2: Well, the, part of it is because of the the choice to have no fans for as long as they have. I
1: don't think they had much momentum before COVID, if we're honest.
2: That's true. Right. Uh, they were hurt they were hurt so very badly by
1: that they yeah, were, but... that they were a you know, they were at their peak. AEW certainly hurt with having to go that route. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wait for the most part. In fact, part of it might be also a business move in that they're like, I don't know if we're really going to be able to sell anyone. Maybe we'll take these next couple of months to actually build things up and just start the new year. And that's when we start having fans
2: well, it's, to make sure their, that we fill
1: out arenas. In their
2: defense, In their defense, on the show that they sold the 400 tickets for, that mm-hmm. was all the tickets they had on sale. So they did actually sell out uh well uh, it's only 400 people but they did actually sell out every ticket they had on sale oh. so uh, i i don't take that as a bad thing but it is a small number so it it ends up sounding worse than it is um but i mean right now as far as handling the pandemic responsibly i still have to praise what what they're doing mm. uh but it but no let's let's not let's not uh, pull punches. They are not a hot promotion right now.
1: Oh, um, right. And, oh.
2: and I, and I say that as someone who actually really likes their product. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I actually really, really enjoy it when I watch it. So um, I, I think you can, goodwill can be lost in a second, but takes forever to build. And the, The example of Ring of Honor losing Goodwill so quickly after the Madison Square Garden show um, is a stark example of that, where Mm -hmm. they have only been in decline since then. And it's going to probably take – so that took a year, a year worth of decline. Uh, It's probably going to take two to three years of quality booking and quality shows to even get some sort of momentum back. And they have been playing around online on Twitter with the Forbidden Door stuff. Um so I wouldn't be shocked if we see them involved with some stuff with AEW down the line. Um mm. still, it's still all of that is still a politically difficult situation. So, so I'd
1: like to bring up something
2: with the t- that, uh, new Japan has indicated they have partnership with them and they're going to be working with them again of course. So um for better or worse new Japan is an extremely loyal company if you are in if you're in a favorable relationship with them, they are going to stick with you unless you screw something up really bad, like TNA messing up Okada. Um, and I, anyways, all that to say, I, I'm not I'm still optimistic about Ring of Honor, but it's going to take a long time.
1: All right, so I just want to bring something up in regards to the ticket thing, because I did forget that this happened and this was a thing. Now, if we remember, for what was the name of the show again? Death of, was the Death, yeah, before, Death Dishonor? before Dishonor. Yeah, that's Wait, the one that there's... just happened. What? What's your sign? Oh, oh what? Is he gone?
0: Uh, he said, I can't hear you guys.
1: Well, the, yeah. See, maybe sign off and come. So, what I'm saying here is, um, remember for Death for Dishonor. Uh, there were, they had sold tickets in like May and July, May, like May, June, July, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Before the death before dishonor show happened, um, a few days before they had said that they, they are well, now keep getting distracted. Like here's beeping. What's going on?
0: Oh no, Josiah's uh, his headphones died. So he'll be right back.
1: All right. So here's my point. And it's too bad. Cause I, this is a counterpoint, to Josiah because there's too much uh, like, is he saying about the 400 tickets thing or whatnot? And that's fine. And well, here's the thing though. So uh, do you, uh, Bill, you would probably remember seeing this if, if anything, a few days beforehand, um, they said something, they said that like, Oh, this is when the Delta variant was like really starting to gain steam Mm -hmm. that like a few days before their show, um, They had mentioned, oh, by the way, we are now implementing our mask mandate. Right. So, and which is understandable because a lot of people were doing that at that point. Mm -hmm. So I, even though I did not get a ticket, I was curious because this sounded a lot like in the last episode of Wrestling With COVID. Do you remember my Chicago, the musical story? Yes. Right. Where I got the full refund there. I was like, hmm, this sounds a lot like that. Like that people should get a full refund if... Because this is something that wasn't sold, like they, this is not people weren't expecting to wear masks. So I decided to write them, and I was like, "Hey, out of curiosity, do you think if, if um, since there was no mask mandate when the tickets were bought, is it can is it possible for myself or someone else to get a full refund in regards to this?" No answer. So. My thing is this. Yes, those 400 tickets were sold. What if some of those 400 tickets weren't able to get a refund when they wanted to be? Now, I could have I could have gone... Through, well, actually, I couldn't have gone much further because if I were to email Ring of Honor, I'm sure what they would have asked me is what my order number was. Yeah. And since I don't have an order number, I, I can't do anything else there. But the fact that they didn't even reply on social media to i think a standard question has me very suspicious what are your thoughts bill i mean you brought up
0: you brought up a couple of good points there um exactly the situation with my chicago the musical yeah i mean you would you would think that you'd get you know a, a response right away um and then the other thing, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not trying to defend Ring of Honor here for this.
1: Sure. But... By the way, it's Josiah Becker now.
0: Yeah, he just muted until we were done talking. I, I, oh, okay. I think that's what he said. I'm here. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. All right, so um, go ahead, the, the thing is, that canceled, like, because originally it wasn't going to be in Philadelphia. It was going to be in Florida. Okay. So they had about a month month and a half to sell tickets in Philadelphia okay and they probably didn't go as fast as they wanted to or they might not have I I, I mean it was a sold out show like Josiah had said but still if someone's asking for a refund Mm-hmm. You gotta give them a refund.
1: Right. And I, and to be fair, I don't really have, I guess, official confirmation that that was the case and that they weren't providing one. Again, obviously, if I was a ticket holder, I would have emailed as well. But it's one of those things that was making me wonder because, again, with Chicago the Musical, they were pretty upfront on giving me it. Ring of R didn't really seem that upfront about it, if that was even a policy uh are you there josiah did you hear anything and can you hear us right now
2: yes i can hear you
1: okay um did you how much did you hear because i don't know if i really want to go through all of it again
2: i heard pretty much all of it i I was i was only out for a little bit
1: okay do you want to give a response before we go on to the next topic
2: well uh i i think uh Sorry, I just heard a dog howling outside. <laughs> the,
0: uh,
2: the, uh, it, it caused me pause for a second. The, um, I, I think they should offer refunds in that case. Um, but their lack of statement on it is a bit uh, a bit strange to me. Um, with that said, there were 400 people in that building. So um, I don't know. Uh, I know they they offered refunds to, obviously to everyone in Florida when they moved the show. And
1: uh... which obviously that's a whole. No one's gonna go from Florida to No one should be expected to go from Florida to Philadelphia just because they bought a ticket. Or especially something in a pand- Florida.
2: Yeah, especially yeah. in a pandemic, right? So yeah, uh, and and yeah, that's that. So the, they had no problem uh, refunding all those. And I I think there was like a thousand tickets sold in Florida. Maybe not. Maybe it was less than that. I don't know. But I, I but anyways, uh, it was probably less than that actually. Now that I think of it, um, but they. Uh, so they really did only have the month and a half, and there was there was really, um, I think probably even less. They they announced the moving to Philly uh, a month and a half before the show, and really tickets were probably only on sale for like three or four weeks, uh, realistically. But with that said, they probably should have offered refunds with the if if uh, if someone wasn't interested in the mask mandate. Right. um, Just like
1: Chicago the Musical. They had no
2: problems Yeah, so I think they probably should have offered refunds in that case.
1: I think they should have at least – I think a statement should have been said, because they – and this is what made me write them to begin with. I was reading the statement that they put out, like, about the whole we're putting masks on. You know, you got to have your mask on during this. I'm like, oh, interesting. They don't have anything that says, like, oh, if you want a refund, here's the thing. So that's what made me ask them in the first place.
2: They might have a refund policy in general on their website that would apply. I mean,
1: like I said, to be fair. To be fair, I again, I, I didn't email them directly because again, my my response would be short-lived because I don't have a real order number because I don't have a ticket. So I I didn't really do that. But I'm just saying, if I, I don't think. I I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is that. It lo- on the surface, that's what it looks like. Could it be something different? Absolutely, it can be. But on the surface, that's what it looks like to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, and really, uh, yeah. And I'm doing I... the
1: same thing. I'm doing the same thing with my crews. That's why I'm not. That's why I'm like going to look at it in like November to late November. If there's too many restrictions, I'll be like, this isn't what I signed up for at the beginning of July. I should get a full refund for it. You know, to me, it's just a matter of, like, I get that the world is changing and whatnot. You know, you don't know whether, you know, with these variants or whatnot. But as we've discussed on this show before, not even just the wrestling business, businesses in general should be more flexible because of this as well. Mm-hmm. This
2: pandemic. Uh, and I agree that businesses should be more flexible. Um, but I, I imagine that a lot of places are going to start going. You assume the risk uh instead to avoid having to do that but honestly i think as a show of good faith they should do that um it, it, it i am much more willing to do business with a company that is willing to negotiate on those things um rather than uh you know like rather than just telling me to screw off you you know you we got your money you know what i mean yeah,
1: exactly I richard all right, Bill, what's the other, t- what's another topic that you have? You said, I think you had like three or something like that. Yeah. I don't I remember Josiah had a New Japan one. That's what it was. Yeah.
0: Um. So this is going to kind of coincide with the recent announcement of some, uh, some of the travel sanctions being lifted um, in the U.S. with, you know, like going to Europe and other places, as long as you've, taking your COVID shots.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the WWE going to Saudi Arabia.
0: They are doing that, but they also announced that they are doing another UK tour this November. Mm -hmm. They have eight shows scheduled from November 3rd to November 10th, and SmackDown and Raw obviously will be taped, so that probably means that I will skip that raw because I don't do well with taped raws in Europe. Okay. Um, but yeah, and currently, as of this recording, they are they have a, a mini tour in the UK that's supposed to end tomorrow.
1: And, oh, they're in the UK now.
0: Yeah, like oh. I think it's only the SmackDown brand that went.
1: Right.
0: Okay. And so they're gonna do that, and then they're gonna go back. In about a month, a little less than a month, well, a little about a month and a half, back to England to do another UK tour.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the rules are in the UK.
2: Well, the UK rules would be. Uh, they're actually similar to Canada, although uh, their leader is a little. Well, he's a he's a tiny Donald Trump. Let's just put it that way.
0: Okay.
2: Um. So I don't really know how that's going to go. I am fine with them doing tours and stuff like that as long as they do it safely. Uh. But there's going to be no shows in Canada for a while. That I can say that for sure.
1: Okay.
2: That's that's not changing anytime soon, uh, that I can see. Um. We are once, once we get. I I think federally we're going to have a vaccine passport mandated. And once we get there, we'll eventually we'll uh, we'll end up uh, probably seeing those stuff start to open for uh, vaccinated folks.
1: You know, what's interesting. I just thought of the one thing that and obviously I don't care about the WWE actual on air product. But what does make this interesting is can we then is it possible that we can find out exactly who's unvaccinated on the SmackDown brand because of this? Because uh, no, no.
2: no, and I think, so and I actually, I actually believe WWE has made vaccination mandatory for their for their talent. So, uh, uh, okay. I, I I believe so. Uh, at least uh, I know for all members of the PC, if you're coming to a tryout, you have to be vaccinated. So it would not shock me if they made it mandatory for uh, the wrestlers themselves to all be vaccinated as well. I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna go the opposite. I I would be surprised if they did it. And and here's why is because, you know, you hear about certain people that might want to be leaving the company or just say, oh, I don't want the vaccine. Oh, what? Oh, you got to let me go. Oh, too bad. That's what I wanted anyway.
2: Yeah, that would be that'd be interesting if that ended up happening. But uh, that's I
1: don't, And that's why I don't think there's a vaccine mandate in WWE. Maybe,
2: and maybe maybe there isn't. I know there there definitely was for people who tried out for sure. Uh, any of the trials, you, you have to show proof of vaccination
1: that I believe. Cause what are they going to do? They're not signed anyway. So yeah, they don't have any, at least, I mean, I guess I don't know the class, but I, they don't have any name value in, in their, my eyes. So
2: either way, either way, we're not, we're not going to be told either way. Cause WWE doesn't tell anything about any of that stuff. Yep. Uh, and, uh, like even when people contract COVID, they don't tell anyone. And, uh, and and I mean, most companies wouldn't for privacy reasons, unless it was something like they're involved in a major feud, like Drew McIntyre was, uh, and I mean, or in the case when John Moxley got it, uh, like in AEW, it made sense because they were involved in major storylines. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, uh, I don't really know about, about that. Uh, I in the end, in the end. The chances of someone contracting the virus—I uh, mean, pretty much everyone is going to get it at some point—at mm-hmm. uh, the rate that it is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, how severe will it be? Will you be vaccinated to make it less severe, or will you—will you be unvaccinated and hospitalized?
1: Right. Uh, all right, Bill, do you have anything to add to this? Otherwise, we'll go Josiah's New Japan topic. No, nope, I'm—I'm good. All right. So wait. So that's. A, so are we going to make a bet, Josiah, on if WWE has mandatory vaccinations versus them not having? Because you seem to think that they did make it mandatory. and I gave you my argument. Why I, I, I have
2: no idea. I have no idea if they would or wouldn't. Um, I I literally have no idea. Um, I I I'd say the only reason I said it was possible is because they did it for the tryout, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I believe that they actually done it. Uh, right. I'm just acknowledging the possibility of it. um I personally don't think that they did. That's that's where I'm at on
1: that. Ah, so I was gonna it. say, we could bet, and you would bet, and if you're wrong, what you would have to do is a 48-hour video game stream. 48-hour video game, <laughs> no, game nonstop. Nonstop. <laughs> And I would and I would laugh, and I'd be like, oh look, it's breakfast time. Hey Josiah, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, just I'm going to bed. Have a good night. And you're still there streaming video games. Damn it. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I mean, it'll be fun, I suppose. I I'm going to have fun. Well,
1: this. it'll be fun for the first 12 hours, I'm sure. Yeah, or yeah. After 12 hours, I just would
2: get really time. tired after that.
1: The same water, just walking in one direction, but not going anywhere because you're asleep on the button. So. <laughs> So, uh, yeah,
2: what's your, uh, as far as it goes in New Japan, I, I actually don't recall even what we were talking about with that. But, uh, but I can give you a summary of what's going on in New Japan, at least in terms sure, of that. Did you
1: have a topic? Maybe it wasn't New Japan, just a regular topic?
2: I can't even remember. Uh, my my brain. My I've had a really I've had a really busy few <laughs> days, so my brain is kind of fried.
1: If so. you give us the, an update in Japan, I do have one other topic. I just thought okay. of it.
2: Uh, so not a major update but uh the I did notice the vaccinations are over 50% now in Japan. So they are creeping up uh very quickly and now that they're starting to roll them out effectively and we're probably going to see uh normal crowds back in Japan within the next few months. Um hopefully by Wrestle Kingdom. Um because I expect by the end of the year we're going to be seeing Japan probably around 75 80% vaccinated. And um that it only would have only took them five to six months to do it. So, I, I had faith that once they started doing it, they were going to be able to do it well. Um, the New Japan G1 started, and it's still with the restrictions of fans being masked and only allowed to clap. But the match quality has been excellent, even if the hype around it has not been as high as previous years.
1: Uh,
2: we uh, we had um, Ishi and Shingo, which is apparently was. Just two guys hitting each other really hard for nearly 30 minutes. And that's my kind of wrestling. So <laughs> I, I haven't seen that match yet, but uh, I've heard it was really good. Uh, Okada and Tanahashi, of course, was great. Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. was really good. But Naito got injured, so he had to pull out. Um, and he's legitimately injured, He's so he forfeited all his matches in the G1. Uh, the New Japan USA uh, partnership... Is working very well with a lot of guys over in the U.S. as well. Uh, Minaro Suzuki doing his uh, tour and becoming an absolute superstar in everywhere he goes. Uh, I cannot wait to see him and Lance Archer versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in a, in a, a lights out match. That's going to be awesome, and um, it's going to be a wild, probably bloody brawl. So mm-hmm. that's fun. Uh, and as far as the New Japan goes in terms of their, their. They seem to be doing fine in their ticket sales with the restrictions that they have. Um, a lot of people seem to be acting like New Japan is in like this major downturn of business and they've lost momentum like Ring of Honor has, and that's nothing could be further from the truth than that. They're doing fine. They're they're not doing great, but they're doing fine, and the booking is still relatively good as well, um, minus them pushing evil as often as they do. He is not, his gimmick is not working. Um, But as far as COVID goes, they seem to be handling it just as well as always. All their shows are mask mandate required. And they're very open about that before you buy a ticket, every single show they do is mask mandate. Um, And they're probably going to eventually introduce a vaccine mandate as well. Um, But they're, they're being very proactive and, I think they're slowly starting to get back to where they were before the pandemic, um, especially with the match quality in the G1. All
1: right. All right. So we're going to end the topic or the, this episode with this topic. So recently it was announced very recently, actually, um, about, uh, this deal with AEW and Owen Hart or the Owen Hart foundation, I should say. Um, Bill, why don't you, you give a little bit of a summary of what, what that includes before I bring up the actual topic? Uh,
0: yeah, let me... Or what you
1: remember, me, at, at least.
0: Have, yeah, actually, me. I have the, the press release here. Okay. All Lead Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of, eight, of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as The Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. This alliance incorporates opportunities to develop Owen Hart action figures via AEW's partnership with Jazzwares, apparel, posters, and additional collectible merchandise. Owen Hart is survived by his wife, Dr. Martha Hart, who spearheads the Owen Hart Foundation, with a mission of providing global aid to at-risk communities, including scholarships, housing, various forms, international assistance, food drives, backpack giveaways, and Christmas projects. Tony Khan said, AEW's relationship with the Hart family dates back to our inaugural pay-per-view event, Double or Nothing, in 2019, and Owen's influence is still felt today. To extend his memory and his legacy even further through this agreement is a powerful and meaningful moment for the entire wrestling community.
1: All right, so before we, uh, I, I get to the actual topic and how I'm going to tie all this together, I uh, do want to say this is great. I am very happy for... Um, Martha Hart and that NAW that they're both able to get this done. Uh, I, you know, we've been waiting for some kind of tribute for Owen Hart. Like, there's been, maybe I'm misremembering this. Isn't he, didn't Bill, you would probably know this more than me, okay. didn't he get inducted into a, the, like, cauliflower hall of fame or something
0: like that? He got inducted into I, I want to say cauliflower, and then I think like there's another Hall of Fame in Iowa that I uh, think he uh, got Waterloo?
1: inducted. Is that Waterloo? Uh,
0: I, I I believe so.
1: Okay, so I just want to throw it out there. Clearly, like Martha has been open to honoring Owen Hart in wrestling. It's just not with She's WWE. WWE which is very understandable, which I've talked about at length various times. So I am very happy that they're able to do it on a bigger stage. Now, here's where I'm going to tie COVID into things here. We had talked before we went on the air on when it could be. Do you wait maybe even a year for restrictions to, you know, get lowered as low as they possibly can Because you might want to get people from all over the world to be part of this tournament. And also, as Josiah mentioned, he wouldn't expect to see people from the United States into Canada very soon. And I think some might argue that when you think Owen Hart tournament, you have to at least do one of the rounds, if not the final round in Canada. What do you guys think?
2: so uh i agree um i i think you have to do the the final round in calgary Mm i i think that is the the right place to do it um as for the hall of fame he's in he's in the um he's in three hall of fames actually
1: okay he's
2: in the prairie wrestling alliance hall of fame uh class 2010 the Legends of Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2011 and the George uh, Thragos Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. That's the one in I- Iowa uh, 2018. Um, and he's also uh, I'm actually surprised. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it makes sense. He's, he, he didn't have like, he was never a top guy in the business so he wouldn't be in the Observer Hall of Fame but um, that said um, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am about this um, um and, and all the and bad faith Martin actors saying Owen, Owen oh they should they have honored Martin him in WWE, WWE or whatever they do not, do not understand what no they don't what what WWE has done to this family, family. they mm. they do not understand it is it their is fault that Owen Hart is Owen dead, is dead. And, and and i cannot and blame, I blame Martha Hart in hurt. the least in the for least protecting the legacy of her, her husband. husband um we All of us would be fortunate to have something like Martha in our life that would care for us and protect us that much after we died. Yeah,
1: Um, I I don't think, like, wrestlers, typically, history shows will take the biggest payday that they can for anything. And I think that's why she's been able to preserve the legacy is because she's not in the wrestling business. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. well she's a normal person.
1: <laughs> I mean, think about this. Like, oh I mean I saw someone say on online, like, uh it's it should be one of the it should be the one of the Heart brothers that do it, or one of them said Brett. I'm like, Man, if that was the case that he would have already sold Owen oh, to WWE if it was a wrestler. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Brett but Brett's kind of been as bad as
0: WWE has been to Martha.
1: Well that's the whole yeah, well that's another wrinkle for in the story that will probably be Traveled at
2: uh, a later date. Saying saying Brett's been as bad to her is probably a little much. I, there's there's tension between the two, uh, but there's I don't think there's hatred. I just think there's there's a a recognition that there was a divide there, and that it would be take a lot to heal it. Uh, because because they settled the lawsuit, and and Brett and she wanted to go all the way to to trial. And that was where the division happened, and uh, and I get it, and I and she was uh, she was hurt when Bret went back to WWE as well.
1: Uh, I would
2: be. I would be too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's I, the
1: day my he... He... That's the day my childhood hero died on January fourth, two thousand ten. I was and so I mean, disappointed in him with that.
2: I, I, I was disappointed that he went back to, uh, and, but it, she talked about it openly on Wrestling Observer Radio, where like she doesn't have any. Ill will or even a grudge towards Brett, and like there, there have been times where where they've run into each other out out and about in Alberta, and they're very polite to each other and all that, oh, kind of that stuff. Cool. So it's it's not That's like good. um, it's not like it's a, it's not like it's it's hatred or anything they're, like that between the two. Words,
1: it's, you're not they're not going to have a big party together, but they will civilly talk in a room together.
2: Basically, yes, yeah, yes, and and the truth is too. Martha has made it clear. She wanted her kids to know, to know their family. Uh, so, like, if they ran into any of the Hart family uh, outside of of the home, like, don't don't shun your uncles and aunts and stuff like that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Be, like be like be be nice to them and and update them on how you're doing and all this. So,
1: be better than uh, what that last generation was, basically.
2: The yeah, yeah.
1: Always feuding with each other, even like. I mean, Bruce Hart. How many times did he try to lobby for a job by trying to like talk his way <laughs> into? Him? <Jeez>. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and and that that's why. And especially, and obviously, they're going to focus mostly on Brett because he was the um, top guy. He was. I mean, he's uh, the top guy, right? Uh, right? He's he's the biggest star from that family, and and truly, legitimately, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time.
1: And, and, so, and so Owen's he's
2: best feud. In the conversation. What's that?
1: And Owen's best feud. Yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we all know, and I, I think Martha put it this way uh, in her W.O.R. Uh, thing. I could be putting words in her mouth, so don't quote me on this. Uh, but but she did talk about she knows Brett loved Owen dearly. Uh, and and they, they both really, truly loved, love Owen. But uh, she has been so relentless in protecting him. And his legacy that i, I have to I say to be, i have a I lot of respect, a lot for respect for her and how she's done it, she's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, um like, like she's, she's she's not messing around with this, around this stuff, stuff. No. uh and, and um they, they it was interesting like even like, wwe like like wwe uh, WWE, uh Hello, Cat. I don't know if you can hear him yelling in the background, but he's yelling. Oh, no. um, but I he, told he, you yeah. that was
1: your new name for Bill, Cat. No, <laughs>
2: no, no, no. Uh, yes, yes. Bearcat. Uh, yes.
1: Bearcat Bill.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bear, Bearcat Bill. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, the, so I mean, they released an Owen Hart DVD without her permission Mm-hmm. And she sued them for it because they have to use it with her permission if they're making any money off of it.
1: I didn't even know that. When did that come out?
2: Uh, it was in 2010. Something went there uh, in 20. And it was scheduled to go to trial in June 2013, but WWE settled it between in April 2013 because they didn't want it to go to trial because they know to trial everything, everything that happened is going to go on public record. Right. WWE does not want that because. It makes them it look makes horrible, horrible, and rightfully and so. so. I mean, mm-hmm. it, at the it, very it, least, very they're guilty, guilty of, manslaughter. of manslaughter. At the very, at least. The very least. And and, uh, uh, and so, so I, I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of her proud for standing her up, to her up to that. And, uh, and uh, I, mean, I mean, this is a woman who I mean, still, I mean, still keeps the name Hart. She never remarried. She's a very well-educated doctor. She is a very smart and very generous woman who has protected the legacy of Owen so well. And now she has found a way to let wrestling fans honor and remember him well. Yes. And I think that is awesome uh, because I wouldn't want WWE to do an Owen Hart tournament. First off, they're going to screw it up with the booking Secondly I don't want them making money Of Owen Hart's name
1: And that's the biggest biggest problem there I think Is that I have a feeling she would even be Somewhat more flexible If somehow that they Like it was 100% of the proceeds Going to the charity But WWE probably would not have anything to do with it Because they have to make sure That they get the recognition They have to put him in their hall of fame Which doesn't mean anything There's no credentials anyway Um and I think that's. real I wouldn't be surprised if she would have been like, "All right, if you really want, let's let's have it 100% go to the charity. Anything that's made, and they yeah, probably would. Yeah. There's no way they would do that."
2: Mar- Martha's quote in the Hall of Fame said, "It doesn't exist. There's nothing. It's fake. There's nothing real or tangible." I mean, it doesn't exist
1: physically, mm-hmm. but also doesn't exist in my real? mind because, yeah, because what are the no? No one could give me. There's no credentials quality. at all. Like, what? Find me a pattern on what, why someone's inducted. The,
2: the, the, the qualifications for getting into the WWE Hall of Fame is Vince wants you in to make money. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And 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 that's fine. That's fine. And it does honor the careers of people and things like that. But a real wrestling Hall of Fame requires voting requires uh, oversight from a uh, has conditions upon people being voted and and that's probably why Owen Hart is not in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame a lot of people think it's Dave Meltzer that controls it no he doesn't it's it's voted by journalists and wrestlers and uh, other notable wrestling historians all around the world every year including people who don't like Dave (laughs) that vote um, because it's it's kind of viewed as one of the real wrestling Hall of Fames, uh, like the Cauliflower Alley Club as well. And uh, and it's one of those things where if they honor you, that's pretty real. But um, yeah, it, it's like those ones have real conditions. Like you have to be a draw for a certain amount of time. Not everyone gets added to the ballot.
1: There's not there's not non there's not celebrities as part of it. Oh, and here's, no, a, here's another one. I, well, this is one I think might apply to some some other Hall of Fames, but um, I, I've always personally been annoyed by the "You can get in there twice."
0: Yeah. Right, that, like yeah. the rock and roll. We, yeah, rock and roll Hall of Fame. We've had that. We've had that. And
1: like, but in the but and the, the one example you bring up, I'm okay with because it's a different genre of music, and that um, who was it again? Who who was it? Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. What was his other genre of music? Those are hip hop person for some reason is there I thought it I thought that's what you bring up but I thought there was like one that had two very different genres of music I'm like you know what that I'm okay with because a, a rock audience and a hip-hop audience are two different audiences the people that watch that watch Razor Ramon and Scott Hall are the same audience Mm-hmm. Yes. Any, yeah Bill um before we talk about this topic because I definitely want to get back to it about when this Owen Hart Thing, if, it should, if it should wait, do you want to give your thoughts, like Josiah did, on the Owen Hart situation with AEW?
0: Well, I want to say this, because up until last year, actually... Dark side. I was on the side of, Owen oh, should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I was. Like, Jim could tell you for years. Yeah. I was, yeah. like, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Martha's, you know, blah, 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 blah. After I watched that episode and not only hearing from Martha but also from his kids, I was like, you know what? I'm at ease. I can respect their wishes if they don't want it, then they don't want it and I'll be fine with it. I I, I really am. And I and I apologized on my podcast. I actually did apologize. Um, I think the tournament is a great idea. And I think it's a good way for younger fans, because there are some, you know, younger fans that watch AEW who might not have seen Owen Hart or Absolutely. heard of yes. Owen Hart. And this would be a good way to, you know, be like you wanna you know you wanna learn more about Owen Hart, go to YouTube, watch this stuff, watch that stuff. And I would just presume that all the money from you know the shows that happen during the tournament, whenever they happen, will go to the Owen Hart Foundation. I like a hundred percent assume that. As far as the tournament itself goes, I don't know when it should be held. If they do it at the end of the year, it's, I I mean, honestly, I'm fine with whenever they do it. I think the final match, and I think, Josiah, might have been you who said it, the final match should be in Canada. If it's Calgary, Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, you know, Montreal, wherever. As long as that final match...
2: Selfishly, I'll say Halifax or Moncton. Or
0: Moncton. There you go. <laughs> just as long as that final match is in Canada. And it could be an every year thing. Have the final match be in Canada. And it it just... I mean... And you just think about what AEW has done in the last year alone. The Brody Lee tribute, helping his family out. And that it evolved into CM Punk eventually coming back because Punk said when he saw that tribute show, it made him realize... They care about people, unlike WWE, where it's like, if somebody dies, you know, they'll give them a tribute show, and then they just move on. And I think this is a good way of, you know, you do this, maybe down the line, I'm not saying Owen's kids will do it, because I think they're both in their 30s, and Oge is a is a lawyer, maybe the next generation of hearts will want to wrestle and it could end up at AEW.
1: I don't know. Like I totally, I, I I have to be like, when I think of it, all the stuff that happened, happened to the that heart family from like, you know, between the Owen thing and Brett getting screwed over at Montreal I just don't know how like some of those kids wound up like becoming wrestlers, because if I was a kid I'd be like, I hate this business now but mm-hmm. I'm hoping what this might do you're right, is the next generation will look and go, oh, I love this business now and
2: you know, it's like I, I, it's going to be, it's really interesting how AEW handled the Brody situation with uh, being very private about what happened with Brody and not releasing any information and that tribute show where they showed they, they really show care about this family. this family and they're still caring yeah. about this family. Yeah. Like, like I'm pretty sure every dollar so, sold on a Brody Lee shirt still goes to them.
1: Probably. Like, I can
2: see uh, and, and, uh, uh, and, uh, like I have no idea what it was when they signed minus one to that 10 year contract or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I got,
1: did you know he got put in GM mode? Yes.
2: Yes, he did. Yes. That's and, wonderful. and, uh, and Maybe, truthfully, maybe maybe they are, they are actually using that to give money to the family as well. Family so well. I, don't really know, I don't really know, but um, regardless of what it is, is what it is, they are treating that they family very very, very, well. very, very well. And, and I think like it's telling that they protected, protected Brody's legacy really well as well. And, and I think that, that is, that something, is that something that is going that to... Is going to Resonate very strongly with someone like Martha Hart or or Brian Danielson or and CM Punk, which is they both named that as reasons of why they came um, Which that's telling you something right there and and they got a deal with Martha Hart and CM Punk within a few months of each other That's that's very telling about the backstage environment of that company
1: Hello Hello. Yeah
2: Oh. Still here. Still there.
1: Oh, okay, I thought you dropped out again. Go ahead.
2: No, I was done. No, I was done.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I like I said. I think that they should definitely wait because, like Josiah said, um, Canada you're, is not really taking a visitors' right, if what I'm if I remember right.
2: Uh, we we are allowing people who are double, show proof of double vaccination, um, and I do know that much um so but it's really hard to do an event right now because we don't have concrete rules on things for that yet um i would expect that to emerge by the new year Um, see this is
1: why i'm thinking this thing's not even going to start until at least the spring of next year and
2: i I would would be okay honestly uh starting it in like um march of 2022 and using it as a tournament to determine who faces the champion at Double or Nothing, uh, you can run a two-month tournament uh, easily with their television shows and um, culminate it at uh, the finals before Double or Nothing on TV, do the finals in, uh, in, in Canada if it's open. Um, I mean, I, for the first time, because it's a pandemic, if if they if they run it sooner rather than later, I'm fine with the finals being somewhere in the United States. But um, at some point, you got to do this in Canada. Uh, I, I would prefer the first one to be in Canada. I, I think that would make the most sense. But um, regardless of how it ends up going, uh, I expect. I'm just very. I'm just so happy as a fan of Owen. Um, I was 14 when actually i was 13 when owen died uh, almost 14 and it was one of those moments where like cuz you know I, I i was a kid i knew wrestling was fake but owen was a guy i loved to boo because he's such a good heel and i remember at 13 years old crying when i read about the the, the death of owen hart cuz it was like man this guy this guy, this guy was one of my favorite villains and and I know it was just a gimmick gimmick. and this breaks my heart heart. Mm. Um, Um, and it really affected affected me Um, Eddie was the next one after that that really affected me Um, and then probably Brody Lee after that that. Um, Um, and and to be able to say finally, especially from the perspective of a Canadian fan who has loved 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 Owen Hart Hart. Hart. for for most of my life to be able to finally see him honored in this way is um, really moving for me.
1: All right. So with that in mind, let's give our final goodbyes. Um, So I'll, I'll go me, then Josiah, and then Bill, you'll sign us out of here for me. That's Mm -hmm. podcasting.com. That's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Me and Bill have Bill learns kingdom hearts season two coming this Sunday. Uh, and that's pretty much all for me. Josiah, why don't you give some plugs for yourself and then pass it to Bill? So,
2: uh, speaking of Owen Hart, I'll start with that. I'm going to be writing an article very soon on Owen Hart and how him being honored by AEW is such a great thing, and just talk about Owen Hart's life and career and what it has meant to me as a fan for Daily DDT. So that is going to be uh, up probably by the end of the week. Uh, I'll tweet it out on my account at WR underscore central. So follow me there on Twitter. If you uh, want to see anything else that I write, I cover NWA power and most AEW shows as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, look for my stuff there. WrestlingObserver.com, dailyddt.com daily DDT.com as well.
0: All right. And you guys can check me on that wrestling show, which comes out each and every Friday. Um, also I do, uh, a South Park podcast called Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, uh, getting close to the 200th episode, uh, almost to the halfway of season 13, so I'm getting real close to hitting episode 200. Um, and that's, oh, follow me on Twitter at House of Bill and follow me on Instagram at Mr. Billiam85. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you all next time.